44, page 44, we agnostics. So in the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. Like preaching to the converted here, but if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which can only which only a spiritual experience will conquer. The one who feels he is atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he is means disaster, especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were of exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it is going to be that way with you. But cheer up. Something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life was sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? So with that, I will hand it over to you, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Rich. Welcome, everybody. Paul, is anybody new here? If you see anybody, Michael, yeah, no? I'm a new old guy. Oh, uh, that's great. Yes, yeah. Um, Well, one aspect of it, obviously, is to start defining what an alcoholic is or isn't. And it's that one thing of the inability to uh, control their drinking. Yeah. The funny thing is, I believed um, that I was an alcoholic, but I basically wasn't in a sense. And then I crossed the line after I got sober, I realized. There was points where I could have gone another way, but then I hit a point where that was the only way. Yeah, something had taken over completely and I basically was being used for transportation. So a lot of times we have stories or narratives coinciding with the events in our lives. And a lot of the times they're wrong. Yes, it's just that simple. And if we're using that to be our gauge or our GPS or our compass or our map, it falls under the category of relying on self and self is unreliable. Yeah, we have ample evidence to that point, 
then why is the reliance on self still happening? Because we don't know what's going on in a lot of ways. I don't feel, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that there was an identification as that which I was relying on. Yeah? I had no idea. I thought there was a substantial... Here comes the door opening and closing. I've moved closer after four years, three years. Still doesn't matter. Uh, Let me see. The act of being identified as self is not something we're doing. It's something we live under, yeah? Part of the act of being identified as self is believing we're the doer of a lot of shit we have nothing to do with. Be very clear about that, yes? So this reliance on self isn't something we're doing. Uh, It's something the mental state is doing. And in a way, we're fueling or giving it the light and the power to play God, basically, with our own God juice, so to speak. Yeah. So you can talk to people to your blue in the face. And they'll fall under that stubborn delusion, many of us, which is no matter how much evidence that we're not managerial quality, we come to a conclusion, it's all based on if, well, we could just manage better. And then we just keep on keeping on. This is something that wouldn't go, it wouldn't prolong its activity unless it had an incredible strategy, which is the identification. Yeah. It's amazing. You can see someone else as an alcoholic and you can't see you as an alcoholic. What is that blindness? That blindness has a real flavor of personalness, like terminal uniqueness. And uh, so no rules apply, even though that person's fucked and you're clear about that. You think you can get away with it. It's just it's just an it's a persistent, stubborn delusion rooted and allowed to keep going, I feel, with an unknowing act of being identified as that which you'd like to escape from. Yeah. So like it says in the book, being convinced self manifests various ways is what has defeated us. Um, It isn't a past tense. It's a present condition for many of us. We're in the act of being defeated by self right now. Yeah. Maybe it's not like World War, World War II anymore, but it's basically a bondage, a bondage to this idea of self. And what, complete, what continually supplies the glue is the mental activity. I, always was, I was always wondering, because my head would obsess over some insane, meaningless shit, yeah? And I realized it wasn't the shit it was obsessing over that was its point. It was the obsession over it because that was reinforcing the identification. Yeah. The obsession of the, of the head was reinforcing the identification as the one who was obsessed. Yeah. Because some of the shit that I got obsessed over didn't make any freaking sense whatsoever. Yet that wasn't the point. It wasn't about the topic. It was the obsession was reinforcing that it was Paul that was involved with the topic. Yeah. 
This is an ongoing activity. It doesn't matter if you see it or not. It's going to keep going. The, the difference when you see it is there's an option. You may not become, you may not continue to be its life source. You may not be to continue to be its fueling station. You may not be giving all the power it has, yes? That will be cut off and you'll see it. You'll see it like in the Wizard of Oz, you know, there's all these explosions and everything and keeping the people from pulling the curtain. Then they finally pull the curtain, they see the little dude. And then basically the next time they hear the explosions, they don't have the same reaction, do they? Yeah. Because the meaning of the explosion was there was this big motherfucker or something behind it. When they see the emperor with no clothes, it's like you've seen the emperor with no clothes. Just like I always use it because it made a big impression on me. I was like 11 or 12 and I saw my mother naked and uh, <laughs> I just wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And so... And I would see her over and over again, but I would the image of seeing her naked would come up like this is sort of what the revelation of recognizing the foreign pathogen of self or the the parasitical nature of self as being something other than me. It comes up constantly. Yeah. You don't need to see it every time with no clothes. You need to see it with no clothes one time. And maybe you'll keep seeing it with no clothes with all of its fucking wardrobes. Yeah. Please. I don't know about you, but as long as I was identified as self, I couldn't be free from it. The only possibility was being free as it. And after a period of time in recovery and then drunk or spirituality, I was constantly trying to be free as self. And so all of them were failed from the get-go. Yeah? Until this one day I saw that statement in page 64 and self triggered a feeling of otherness. That was it. That was all that was needed. A sense, a tactile sense of that which has defeated me is other than me. Yeah? And then right then and there, the possibility of being free from it became available. And so I was put into a new basis, yeah, with a correct diagnosis of the disease. Yeah, I got to stay out of the light. <laughs> the light of the room. <laughs> Here I am, brilliantly alive with the spirit. Yes, that's how easy it is to fake that out. Yeah. Yeah, I've lost all sense of myself, but how beautiful it is, eh? No, this is a recognition that brings about a freedom from the bondage of self. You have a way of life that's going to allow and support that freedom. You do. If you're in AA, it's a way of life. It's a design for living, yeah? That design for living, based on the the basis of trusting the infinite rather than finite self is sound. It's, it's served here for 34 years. The principles that were set in my little sky through recovery 
have been fucking very, very, very cool to follow. Yes, like North Stars. They've never let me down. The, the principles I've learned in AA. I have everything I need now to allow that solution to, to flourish. Yes? Everything. And I, mem- I remember when I got whacked at that trailer and I got set straight, really. That would have been gone in a day, probably. But I was introduced that night to recovery. And recovery allowed that miracle to extend in time and space through circumstances and situations. One situation hasn't changed in 34 years is that I've been sober. That has not changed. I've been sober every different Monday, every different Wednesday, every different Friday, fall, winter, spring, summer. I've been sober. Yeah. That's allowed this life, this revelations to flourish. Yeah. Sometimes first things are first. That has to happen first. And it's very well how they talk about we could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. Yes. But it doesn't work. I see it now. People try to take the place of recovery with non duality. Yeah. They think they're going to get, oh, I'm going to get a free pass because there's no self to be an alcoholic. There's no self that I need to look at an inventory on. And then they end up drunk. Yes. The same situations they were running into in the 30s happens now. We just have different arcane topics, non-duality or, you know, all these things. But basically, it's a little sleight of hand of the head. Well, I'm going to I'm going to distract from the elephant in the room by going this way. And for most of us, if you're real alcoholics or real addicts or you have that reality, it doesn't work. Yeah. Just like it didn't work for them. They had philosophies galore back then also. Yeah. You got to know like the condition that you seem to be in. Yeah. Yeah. So in my case, it seemed like first things first was I had to get sober. And then I heard about non-duality. If I would have heard about non-duality getting sober, I probably would have used it to meet girls or fucking, you know, have discussions at the bar to get a free drink. That's probably how that's why that's the the value that would have been put on non-duality. I can use this to get out of something. Yeah. But no, I got sober. That set a way of life. So when non-duality was presented, it could flourish. Yeah. It had the room to freaking grow. Now, it doesn't have to be that way, but it may have to be that way for some of us. So first things first. Yeah. Get a way of life. AA is beautiful to me. Yeah. It has the most support. Yeah. It's customer service is incredible. It's such 600 meetings a week near San Francisco. (laughs) But I don't like the people in it. So fuck the people in it. Feel the higher power that comes through them and follow the principles. Yeah. The funny thing is, I've met a lot of people who hate AA and they inevitably have to go back to AA. I hate it. I'm never going back. And then you see them a year later. 
two years later. <laughs> so come on, surrender the face and save the ass. Yeah. If you need an anatomical diagnosis, here we are. So you can tell the difference between the face and the ass. <laughs> Your face isn't worth saving, I'll tell you, because you're going to lose your ass in the same time. You might as well save your ass. <laughs> All you do is make a decision. That could have been another step. We make a decision to, stay, to save our ass instead of our face. <laughs> Knowing we can't do that as the face, we ask the help of a power greater than the face. Oh, greatness of ass. Oh, greatness of ass. Oh, greatness of ass. <laughs> At least we'd be clear about one thing. Yeah. That helps. So, yeah, uh, let me read a little more of this. So, again, it runs into the thing, lack of power. That was our dilemma. It's only a dilemma when you keep trying to exert power, yes? Lack of power is the opening for power to flow in if it's admitted. If it's denied and you keep trying to exert power, which you don't have, you're in the dilemma, yeah, of lack of power because you don't know it, yeah? This is the beauty of recovery. So as someone said the other day, it's my own, my own experience, which is, when I'm exerting power, I experience powerlessness. I get frustrated. People aren't doing what I want. I get resentful. Yes, I start having grievances. There's all these people are doing something to bother me. But when I admit I'm powerlessness, powerless, I, I feel power flow in. It's been that way for 34 years. A lot of times, in the light switch of life, when you turn on, it's really off, yeah? If you would just admit something, the off would be the on, yeah? So the state of power is based on an admittance of powerlessness. That's not a random phenomena. That's the spiritual logic. The spiritual logic of you have it by giving it away. All these things are not the way the head thinks. Thank God, because the problem resides in the head. Yeah? So you get introduced to a new logic, and there's demonstrations, and then you get, you get keen on it. You pick up on it, and then you realize a whole lot. Yeah? Yeah. Perhaps there is the better way, trusting the infinite rather than finite self. The thing that we need to know is the finite self may be trying to trust the infinite, yeah? And if it is, then that's actually trust in the finite self, yes? If you're relying on you to play God about God, that's reliance on self, yeah? If you set the circumstances and the conditions for you to meet God, that's playing God, isn't it? I have to be at peace. I've got to have quiet. Isn't that playing God? I mean, if God isn't in the, in the crowd or in the chaos, then why do you think it's in only in the peace? 
So to learn about self is to learn about how slippery the trusting in the finite may be, because a lot of times our approach to God may be directed by trust in the finite self. When you see that, then that higher power you may have an idea of, the idea may change. Like in my case, it turned into it's always available at all times, right where I am with no requirement necessary to meet it. Yes? I didn't start there. The program and contact with that power led me there. And then I've never changed from there. At that point, that was the last definition that was given to it. Yeah? We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Now, the way I read that, I see our and selves as two different words. Our selves. What weakens to me in this program is the our. Yeah. The myself or the ourselves. That weakens. And then it's just selves. Yes. Then it's selfing, it's an activity. It's not a thing, and I'm not that thing. And to me, that's worked. Yeah. That's where the message and having its effects in my life have brought me. I saw that we have met a power that's greater than self. Not talking about greater than me, greater than self. Yeah. Because fortunately or unfortunately, that me is the name given to self as identified. Yes. So yes, a higher power, a power greater than self. Yeah. Isn't that the case? Isn't that your feeling or experience? Don't you feel a new power flow in? Don't you sense a presence of something other than your mental orbiting all day? If you don't, didn't you, weren't you brought to that sense by service? You came out of the ass of self and you felt available and present and then you were in contact with others and it felt fucking great. Yeah. And then maybe you, the head crawled back up the ass of self and then you go to that commitment again and you were brought out of it. After a while, there's a recognition. I don't have to live from the ass of self. Yeah. I've had enough vacations from it to know I can move somewhere else. a new basis, a basis of trusting the infinite through the recognition of the failedness of trusting the finite. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this, uh, the whole we agnostic thing. Shall I open up for questions? Yes, yes. Okay, yes, if any of you have got a question for Paul, if you just raise your hand. Just share, whatever, yeah. Or whatever. It's great to return to the book, all these readings, yeah. I have a little share. You guys hear me? Right. Yeah, can I... Yes. Hey, Paul, how are you? 
Good, good. These uh, la last couple of weeks, these meetings have just been amazing. I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> There's more on fire what's than going you. on with you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going yeah, on with you. We're the same. Yeah, that's possible. I was reading uh, the, a book you've mentioned a couple of times. Uh, the Wei Wu Wei book. Yes. And I, I just opened it up to the first, just the first page. There's like a little poem that says, and it's actually easy to remember exactly. It says, it says, why are you unhappy? Because 99.9% .9 of what you think about and what you do are about yourself and there isn't one. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. pretty good diagnosis, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, thinking a little bit about last night's meeting with Bruce, sometimes it seems like as as the head, I guess, get, there's, there's so much of this that is so obvious to the head. It's just very, it's very obvious that, you know, where 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 the where addiction comes from, whatever your addiction is, it's it's very obvious that it's coming from, not me, and yet it's persistent, and sometimes it seems like these glimpses, the head sometimes gets gets glimpses that it spins very negatively. You know, you can and and it it almost the the apparent journey that the head is going on can be pretty rocky actually you know it, it get it gets it'll get the negative part of a message and not the not the not the peace aspect of it so i find myself just like bruce said last night going insane and going sane at the same time which which is crazy it's like it's like a splitting apart and i don't know how it's going to turn out but i have I have come a long way in terms of the whole trusting the higher power thing, because I, I come from a real strong atheist background from my family. So I have like this switch that kicks in at anything at the mere semblance of mumbo jumbo, <laughs> religious, anything, spiritual, anything, it just kicks in and says, no. And, uh, but I've come a long way there as I've started to see that certain things in my life that cannot be coincidences and also seeing just the complete and utter failure of the thing, the thought system way of doing things. I mean, it's unbelievable how I, I'll say we, we, I can't continue to, be, to believe in this thing. It's like <laughs> maybe this time, Maybe this time it'll come through. And so I just want to say it's been, I've taken your advice and just come to, I come to as many of these meetings as I can. My, my time zone's different. So I, a lot of times I can't make it, but then I, I always catch up listening and something seems to, some, some thought habits seem to start to change. And that seems like a really good kind of a fertile ground for something else to come in. And it's just been good. So thanks yes yes great yeah well this has been a uh, an incredible uh, opportunity to zoom in a lot of ways because we've had a consistent uh platform 
that doesn't deviate much from the the basic invitation, yes, for a two or three years. So uh, just as repetition helps with the disease, the diseases has a lot to do with repetition, we can use it as a medicine, yeah, which is beautiful. So I really appreciate these Zooms and the people that set them up and stuff because, uh, yeah, it's just been an incredible opportunity to sort of deliver the message as clearly and cleanly as possible, yeah? Yeah, without bringing in, like some of the people that have come for years, they were they were very appreciative that we we don't bring out in we don't bring much outside uh, topics into the situation. Like even in the, when the pandemic was going, I don't think anyone's ever mentioned the pandemic for the couple yeah. of years. It was just uh, a free zone of a lot of stuff, which is. Uh, completely brought about through the principle in AA that I was introduced to. Yeah, the, the, the demise of the Oxford group was based on them getting involved in politics. Yeah, the, the, the group that was there when AA started. And a lot of the members who became AA members remember that that's why they put in that tradition. We don't have any opinions on outside shit. <laughs> And this is this is an extremely diverse, an extremely diverse group, and who knows who knows what kind of things we would disagree horribly on. <laughs> Were we talking about them? But I, I find in the beginning I had so many questions, and now I I don't have any questions. I just get a lot from listening to you, and then listening to like yeah. people always share and say, "Oh, thanks for taking the time." We, then, but we all benefit so much from other people's shares it's, it's it's similar to when you said when you first went into the program and you're like how does this how does this guy have my thoughts <laughs> you know how how is he and that right. there's always someone here everyone here no matter what they say that some part of it strongly overlaps my experience and it's actually really comforting and it's kind of striking that i've never gotten that anywhere else except this group that this group that is somewhat of an 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 offshoot of the program see but what you get it once you get it you can bring it to other places yeah yeah well believe me i'm I'm much better at making other people feel better than than making myself very powerful like when i got introduced to the idea of non-duality and i was being people were calling me from outside of recovery and I would go. Uh, I saw that they had no, they had no basis of service at all. And you could see a lot of the spiritual illness was being reinforced by the constant seeking of trying to get it and everything where they would do better that day if they just went to the soup kitchen and helped out. Yeah. It was awesome. And all from recovery. that that is a real surprise. I mean, some of us are like, you know, intellectual to a fault, and and you get, would give me that advice. And so Saturday, I told you my my, my niece is getting divorced. Her husband's a total deadbeat. They're, they're they're really struggling. And I I went down there, and I like rebuilt their 
the deck for their pool. It was like freezing snow. My hands were frozen. There was no room for anything else. Like the whole day went by. And at the end of the day, it was like, you know, I haven't thought about anxiety all, all day today. It just wasn't there. I, I didn't take any meds. Exactly. It's just like the strangest thing take the folk to take the we think we're going to sit here and take the focus off of ourselves by thinking about it all day the thing is though it isn't after a while it's not the craziest thing because it all is rooted in the dilemma and the solution after a while that's what you see in everything you don't ask why about the particulars you see the principle of why it's happening and it's usually rooted in, let's say, a reliance on self. Yeah. So now uh, those those glasses pick up something. You ever see a movie? It was sort of funky, but it was, I think it was called, uh, it was a guy had a pair of glasses. And when he put the glasses on, he saw the aliens or all the reptilian people, right? Yeah, yeah. If he took them off, they all looked like humans. But if he put on <laughs> these glasses, you see them all as what they really were. Well, in a way, when uh, this is the way you'll see the mental activity of the bondage of self, you'll see it, yeah, which goes a lot farther than reading about it, in my view, you'll yeah. see it with a, a modicum of understanding, it will bring it out and you'll recognize it as not you. Hallelujah. Yeah. And uh and I don't believe that that uh, that movement and its direction stops. I think it progresses just like they say alcoholism progresses. I think recovery progresses. Yeah. Once you start it to go that way, it starts leaning that way and it builds a momentum and you break the gravitational field of the of the self. And then you get move into the jet stream of the infinite. Yes. And it may look like you do work in the beginning, but less and less as it goes on. Yeah, because you're now that which you thought you were working is working you. Yeah. And uh, basically, you're, you're getting sort of sucked in a certain direction. And you're that in you're in the habit of being sober. Yeah. And you're in the habit of being sober. And so much more gets availed, made available when that habit of being sober is in place. If you're a real addict and alcoholic, yes? When that habit of being sober is in place, a lot of possibilities to show up. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it's actually exhausting when you, you're either trying to police, you know, every thought you have and every action you do, or you're trying to or you're trying to do, you know, act yeah. on these things. Like I need to do this. I need to do that. It's totally exhausting. At some point you realize, I mean, again, even the head can realize the stupidity of this. Like, why, why am I doing, why, why do I care about this car? <laughs> you know? Yes. But begrudgingly though, and the, the message doesn't get thoroughly, uh, get hit by, you know, with the head. It doesn't. You have to, there's an aspect of you that knows already. The head will never, because the head is split. So it can be convinced and, and in five minutes later be unconvinced. Yeah, that's it's not it, yeah, something to rely on. Because of its binary condition, it's not something to rely on. 
You need something that's solid and it doesn't have two faces. Yeah. Yeah. And that is our nature. That's why they call it the spiritual condition. Yeah. The spiritual condition is, it doesn't say, uh, on the spiritual level, you can be convinced. You can, yeah. and not and and have that as a as a given the rest of your life. You become convinced, and there's no more unconvincing and convincing and unconvincing. It's at the end of something. Yeah, that's the ability, but that's not in the head. That okay. has to be brought in the head by the spirit, so to speak. Yeah, the head is two faced. It just goes this way and that way flips over and there's a bias in the head. A miracle is forgotten in a half an hour and a seeming slight is remembered over and over again. So there's a bias in the head. Nothing stays where you put it on its table. It, it moves. Yes. My head has a big bias towards fear. (laughs) So it's very hard to ignore it. I don't really have a lot of resentment. I have some, but it's more fear. Like I wake up in the morning. Well, the diagnosis of fear coming out of recovery is it's reliance on self is the, is the cause of the fear that you seem to be in today. Totally is. There you go. So don't worry about fear. It should be a secondary topic. The topic should be self-reliance because fear is an effect. Everyone talks about fucking fear, but it's self-reliance. Yeah, it is. And then there's unhealed healers that will they they their whole business of life is dealing with fear, but it's self-reliance. What do you think? You you know, from fear, look at the self-reliance. My my self-reliance has led me to great, like sort of prosperity and like professional success, but it's which is unlike a lot of what happens with a lot of times with substance abuse, but it's led me to complete, a complete collapse on the mental health side. (laughs) I mean, absolutely complete. uh, And, and I, and then I don't, so. (laughs) It's like you meet a star and then they're an asshole, you know, (laughs) someone who's on one level doesn't fucking know anything about something else. It's just, it's like we, we, it's. Well, because fear can actually be very productive. <laughs> it can really lead you to work of course hard. It and, is. You know. See, you're not experiencing fear, you're experiencing mental anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mental anxiety uh, in very rare cases can produce the release of adrenaline that fear will do maybe right then and there because you're you're responding to an apparent threat when fear arises mm-hmm. the mental anxiety is not fear it you're plays right. off of fear it's mental anxiety it is it's just churning it's mimics fear yeah yeah just like the emotion of love is mimicked by the head the yeah. mental the mental state mimics. It's true, actually, because when I'm in actual fearful situations, I'm actually not a fearful person. I very level headed. Exactly. When actual fear, you have no what's going on, yeah. and you just respond to the situation. Exactly. It's when you get out of the situation, then the anxiety kicks in. I was riding oh. my bike. 
I got to tell you the story. I was riding my bike a couple months ago and I ride an old fashioned penny farthing bike. So it's, I'm like six feet up in the air and I'm riding around and as usual, my head's churning and worrying about crap. And uh, the wheel jackknifed and I had a really bad fall from, from high up. It's like if you're standing on a ladder and someone kicks it out and I came down uh, just on my side on the pavement and I hit so hard that in that instant, just everything was was knocked out of me in a weird feeling of gratitude <laughs> passed through my brain, just, just feeling my body hit the ground like a sack of potatoes and then I broke three ribs. And it, and, and it was just an odd con contrast of sitting there worrying about nothing that's real and then have this thing that actually happens that's real that the body reacts like, hey, that's bad. It's not, almost life-threatening. It's crazy how the mental anxiety mimics and like you're actually under threat when you when there isn't. And then when there is a threat, you just deal with it. It almost feels more alive. And people hear about this and now they'll get a bike that's six feet high and they'll try to ride it and fall off with the hopes of reduplicating <laughs> what they think. Okay. They, it will. That's what happens. And if you just look, just take one simple example. If you have an expensive bike and you start going off the road or the cliff, what gets saved first? Isn't it the bike? That's <laughs> yes. how little you're valued by the head. I the mean, head values the bicycle more than you. That's true. It does. You see it in its nakedness in those situations. When it's yapping all day and you're thinking it's on your side, it doesn't have any value in you. It's stuck with you as its means of transportation. It would rather leave if at all possible. So you're riding a $200 bike and you start going off the road. You jump, you push the bike out of danger and you get to <laughs> You want to rely on that? <laughs> no, I mean... Well, I think it's going to come around someday. It ain't. It's not. It's a parasitical nature. It doesn't see a win-win. It sees a win-lose. And it wants to win, and that means you lose. <laughs> That's as simple as that. You're not dealing with, like, a domestic pet. It's not the way it is. For the past, yeah. you know, all six right, months bro, we or so. Move on, all right? Okay, we move sorry. On. Thank you. No, sorry. It's fine. It was all good. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else, Mike? You just got a question for you, Paul. Do you know, are you on you? Hi, Paul. It's not really hi. It's not really a question. I would just love for Paul to talk about the fact that it's not volitional and that the sense of what it's pointing to isn't even real. Because um, sometimes we get down this rabbit hole. And it sounds like we're talking about um, something I'm responsible for and that I'm real as a, as a face. So um, if you could help me out, Paul, and point to that stuff, that would be awesome. Well, yes. Well, there is that statement in the book. There's a couple of them driven by a hundred forms. Yeah. So if you're driven, it's pretty obvious you're not the driver. Yeah. If you're driven, by a hundred forms of something other than you, then the you ain't the driver, yes? Or the other deer of self-imposed something, meaning self is imposing something on you, yes? 
Yeah. Why is that? Because you're in a dilemma of powerlessness. You think you're at the head of the boat, but you're in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. And it's what's blowing through you is going to make the sound of the music. Not you. Yeah. You're the facilitator of actions. You're not the doer of actions. Yeah. That's why you want to have sobriety turn into a habit because a habit is actions without thought. Yeah. That's a sound way to stay sober. Actions without thought because the problem resides in the mind. So the problem demonstrates and exerts its influence through thought. Yes. So if that's the case and you're clear on that diagnosis, you'll see the value of following suggestions so that those actions become habits. So your sobriety and what you do to support that sobriety will not be based on thought where the problem resides. Simple, yes? So we're in the habit of being sober. It makes everything so much fucking easier because now the head may still have a vote, but it's not the majority owner, yes? It's been put in its fucking place. Its place is to narrate, critique, do this and do that. It's not there to run. It's not meant to run the show. Yeah, it's it's meant to describe what it thinks the show is and narrate it and go on and on and on. But it has no position. It's not reliable, as it says. Why are we in so much fear? Because self-reliance has failed us. It isn't personal the failure. Self-reliance fails. It's not self-reliance failed you. And because it was you, it failed. Self-reliance fails has nothing to do with the you. The system of self-reliance is a failed system. Yeah, we're at the tip of the spear called alcoholics and addicts because we're excessively obsessed with that system of self-reliance. And therefore, we're a great example for others if they could see it. Yeah, we are. Because the extremeness of that obsession and that identification has revealed shit that may be hidden in the commonality of it, yeah? So we went to to a certain point where we could finally fucking see what had defeated us, yeah? And hopefully we met it with other, hopefully. And if you haven't, at the, then maybe now you can see it as other. Because if it's other than you, you're going to lose interest in it. You are, because it's the interest is usually driven by it's all about you. Yeah. So if you take that meaning of you out, the interest is going to be redirected. It's going to go to other places. Yeah. And then you'll feel like your life has changed. The interest and attention. There's conscious contact and then there's interest and attention. Yeah. The conscious contact is denied by self and it says it's you doing everything. And then that interest and attention that could go to that spirit goes into the head and then gets directed by the head. And then you end up a fucking insane, obsessed, you know, Jesus Christ. How many mental illnesses have they described now? 600, 700? 
At one point, there wasn't any psychology. Then they come with about four. Now there's about 800 of them. Yeah, the thing just keeps mutating into different forms of itself. Get down to the basics. See where where is the conception point? Yeah. Look at what you what happened when you were out there, and come tell me that you can honestly say you were the doer of all that shit, or did it feel more like I was driven to do a lot of shit? I would say the latter is the description for me. Paul, can I just say something on that point? Even before I ever picked up a drink, right? That thing about the doer. So like how I have reacted to life, how I breathe, right? Like I just started to learn a different way to breathe. And I'm like realizing my reaction to life was breathing in a way like I'm like, this is what it's supposed to feel like to breathe. So that reaction to life, selfing, right? Was 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 breathe yes. showing me how to breathe in a way that was like kind of suffocating me, right? So it's the same principle, right? Yeah. It's the same principle. I had nothing to do with that, but it was oh, telling right. me breathe like this. <laughs> so like that whole thing yeah. about laying down and saying just there's a you know people are showing me and how to get recovered to a God Nina instead of a Nina's idea of Nina but like really deep because most of this stuff has been running me in a way that's frankly been killing me like before alcohol and after alcohol. Yes. But now the momentum is moving away. Hallelujah. Yes. The thing is, see the bondage of self, it uses what's available. So you can breathe and take use 80% of your lung. It has you using 20% of your lung. Yes. And of course, the mental anxiety is sort of aligned with the short breathing. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, this is so it uses what's available to bond us. Yeah. So basically, it's using life to bind us to my life, my life as a parasite, really. Yeah, and the great thing about AA, it allowed a lot of people suffering from terminal uniqueness to meet together and finally start having a recognition of what has defeated them isn't plural, it's singular, self. All of us defeated by the same conditions, self. Yes, it was revealed by us alcoholics meeting other fucking alcoholics. Yeah, and it's it's what a it's a it's a knockout blow to it really because it lives in terminal uniqueness. It has us believing no one thinks these thoughts that I think, no one feels like I feel, no one's done the heinous things that I've done, and it keeps you in that closet, and you're like a marathon runner stuck in a fucking closet. Yeah, those days are over. The last thing that wants to do is to be revealed. And it has been. And we have a methodology to reveal it, which is the fourth step. And if you listen to a certain instruction in the book, page 64, maybe you'll have the theme of the inventory as seeing how self has defeated us by looking at its common manifestations. And 
do the inventory and do five and, and then six and seven with that in mind. The same understanding that what you're discovering is not about you, it's about self. And we have a way of dealing with that, which is admitting we can't deal with it and bringing it to six and seven. There you go. It's a perfect system. Yeah. But the problem has infiltrated it, yes? Self, it, self can travel into recovery. It just, it just adapts to a new climate and changes its wardrobe, a new environment, yes? It does, it adapts. It's like a cockroach. It adapts to whatever setting it finds itself in. Starts talking to you as you, as the recovered person, who should be more recovered. It should be this, it should be that. It's just insane. Whatever it has to pick up, it'll use to bind you with. It will. That's what it does. You, go, you can be amazed, but you can't be surprised once you've heard the understanding of it. You won't be surprised anymore. You'll still be amazed about how myopic it is and small, but you'll, you, won't be ama- uh, you won't be surprised because it's not you, honey. You have not chosen to do this. You haven't. You have not chosen to do it. Well, I, no. I got onto I got onto something when I did in my fourth step when I did it the way you said, and I kept looking for like the guilt. What what can I do to be you know, make amends for the guilt and shame over being born? That kind of gives you a clue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the it reveals like what you talked about, the Wizard of Oz, and the you know like there's that's the the insanity of it. Like I'm gonna chase that, right? Well, the head's pretty insane for uh, obsessing over responsibility before you're even born. Yeah, that's right? a pretty good move. It does. Well, that's ballsy. That's ballsy with the self. <laughs> that'll keep me. That'll keep you busy for a long time. <laughs> you you chose to come out head first, or you breached, or whatever. You you owe a constant amends to your mother. Everything's <laughs> your fault from now I mean, on. Whatever. It's insane. But we can laugh because there's a solution. There is. There is a solution. There is one. Yeah. You can see it's not you. And then the amount of interest and attention that's fed to it will change. But you say stuff like that, Paul, and you watch everybody's head nod. Like, yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) You know, like. Like the insane ideas are not unique. Like we, you know, it's so it's all like, whatever. Anyway. But again, Nina, the message is in. It's not what you may think you are. And therefore, don't wait for what you think you are to get it. Just believe it's been inserted. It's going to change the system. It doesn't need the system's agreement. Yeah, you made a decision to turn your will and life and your access to something greater than self, it's already accessed you. Yeah, for sure. It's not about the self-agreeing or coming to terms with it. Your peace isn't matched by thought. Thoughts appear in peace. They They don't push peace away. Peace is the basic inherent condition, space, 
and then there's activity. The activity does not stop the space. Yeah. So you heard it. Why do you think they call it the innermost self? That's not the, the thing called Nina acting out all day. It's somewhere else that's really what we are has heard it. Yeah. And that's a done deal. I don't give a shit what it's saying. I remember sitting there with people at a, at a hospital and institution meeting, and I could tell this guy, he was a heroine. He was sober, but he didn't believe he would be sober. So his future idea was overriding the fact that he was sober now. Yeah? So basically, the race was lost. He had so much faith in the thought, he believed that he was... He, he, Tomorrow he was going to be loaded, so there was no sense or honoring of the sobriety at the moment. This is not an uncommon condition. It's happening all fucking day in the head. It's denying things as they are and telling you they're going to be worse or something else. And instead of living in the present that I'm sober right now, you start from I'm going to be loaded tomorrow. Yes? I see examples of the, of the message in all these things. The head depends on living in the past and the future. It affects the now by yesterday and tomorrow. And its value, because it's happening now, is displayed by its obvious intent, which is yesterday and tomorrow. The thought system does not value now just to use it to obsess over there and then. Do you need to have a a giant... 80-hour seminar, you've, sec- you've seen its whole intent there. You're relying on something that doesn't rely on this moment. It relies on yesterday and tomorrow to navigate this moment. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. That's why it puts that word seemingly so in the beginning. This appears to be a, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly means it appears to be true or false to us. So when the head is speaking, it definitely appears to be true. You're fucked. Let's just get loaded. doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're getting your messages from the head, you're fucked. The seemingly is not. It's you're fucked. So fuck it. I'm just going to drink or whatever. Yes, you're already defeated. Yeah. But seemingly is telling you the principle of actually what's happening. The head is presenting an appearance and saying that it's already so. You're the seeing of that. You are that which was before all conceiving of yesterday and tomorrow. That's what we are. That's, you are the denouncer of everything that the head will ever fucking come up with without saying a word. Your spirit denounces it just by its nature. It doesn't have to combat it in a debate and shit like that. It's silently, obviously being now. I am. Yeah? So I was and I will be can get overrided by just a recognition of I am. It's the anchor we're sorely missing because we're just swimming on the mental here, which is full of yesterday and tomorrow, there's tons of sharks in the water, yet it's beautifully calm 
and aquamarine, but in the head, it's shark infested. <laughs> it's, and if it ain't, it's going to be. <laughs> it's insane. So this program is going to break the back of this imaginary cell. Yeah, it is. It has, and it will. Yeah, so thank you, Nina, yes. I'm so stoked by it, really. I'm so stoked for 34 years because I was a perennial problem. Every five minutes, that urge would just fucking pull me under. And I was apt to do, and I did almost anything, unless you could physically stop me. Yeah. Day in and day out for years. The the amount of momentum seemed un, unbeatable. Yeah. Yet it was defeated in a second. I got struck sober. It was truly defeated in a second. And I've never had a strong feeling or thought about it since. That is a miracle. That is a solution. Yeah. So, yeah. I recognize self and stuff, but I do not see it as in the higher echelon of higher powers. No, I don't. I see it as a parasitical movement living off of our light. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, uh, what time is it, Mike? Is it time to go? It's time to sing you happy birthday, Paul. Oh, yes. Well, let's wait. Let's wait till till forever. That would be good. Yeah. It's not today. It's Saturday anyway. Okay. Let's sing it Saturday. It's like I don't like when people say, uh, I'm going to be 34 years sober next month. Yeah, just, all right, you might you not make I mean? it. You might not wait, make it. So we don't want to jinx it. We'll wait. All right, yeah, wait, wait. Saturday will be enough. Yes. The funny thing is, it was beautiful. I was born on March 21st, which is really the real birthday, the first day of spring. That's when I got sober, March 21st, 1988. Beautiful, symbolic, first day of spring. Things could change, yeah, yeah. It's a trip. Well, I'm happy to see you. I hope uh, just allow this thing to work. It's simple, eh? Simple. It'll put you in the right groove, and all the scary records will be able to be seen from there, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You're in good hands. Yeah. Rest assured. What we're relying on now is not failed. Yeah. It's demonstrated its its power many, many times for all of us in this Zoom. Yeah. Don't waste time trying to convince the head. Yeah. The innermost is the biggest aspect of us. Yeah. The head is sort of like a pimple on it as an activity, really. The biggest aspect of us is what we call the innermost or the unsuspected resource. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks, everyone. I'm going to say goodbye. Michael, as always, Michael, Stacy, man.
Now, self may not be reliable, but Michael Stacy is. It's very powerful. That's good. Yes, truly. Al, as always, nice to see you, Al. Yep. Rich, thank you for running the show today. Greg, always a pleasure. And, and Minneapolis, yeah. LJ, you're doing all right, LJ? Somewhat good? Yes. Great. Good, good. We got Christy L. Nice to see you, Christy. Yeah, I like that large heart. I could drive my 50 Chevy into it. That would good be good. Yeah, it's big enough for that. We got uh, Martin. Nice to see you, Martin. There. We got Chris B. As always, thank you, Chris. Thanks for uh, joining our Zoom for becoming a mainstay. It's very nice. Roman, as always, I know it's winter when I see the radiator in Roman Zoom. There he is. Germany. Germany can get cold. I've been in Frankfurt and it's, whew, it's got its own kind of coldness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As always, nice to see you, Nina. I'll see you on the Zoom at least in Palm Springs, eh? Yeah, I'll, yeah. Give, I'll give you an Amelia call soon. Yeah, I'll check in. Hmm? Yeah. All right, we got ham and cheese in Tucson. Yes, ham and cheese. All right, let's, we got Joseph in, in France. Nice to see you, Joseph, as always. Mika. Wait a minute. I missed her. We got the matriarch of Madeira. I didn't miss Mickey. Nice to see you. Walter, as always, brother from another mother. Tony down in Santa Maria. Yeah, we're going to be in Santa Maria near Palm Springs. No, Uh, we're going to be in Palm Springs Saturday, live meeting at one. I got a feeling it may be more people than the person who's holding it thinks it's going to (laughs) happen. (laughs) we're going to take over our house. All right, Miranda, nice to see you, honey. Sober today? Oh, fantastic. Very good. John K., nice to see you, John. Uh, We got Jack roaming around Cape Cod. He's off the leash. Yep. Bruce, nice to see you, Bruce. Yes. Jeff P, he's down in Southern Cal. Looks like a beautiful day. We have a beautiful day in Northern Cal. Yeah. Brian T, nice to see you with the reggae. Yeah, transcendental, transcended red reggae. Yeah, that's good. Tanya, nice to see you, Tanya. Alex and Jacob, as always, yes. Very nice, Hudson Valley. Yes, nice to see you guys. Uh, Let's see, we've got, uh, oh, Noah, Noah's here. Okay, bro. Unfurrow that brow, chill out, take a breath. All's well. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now, now. (laughs) We got... (laughs) We got Oliver. Nice to see Oliver. 
Tanya one day at a time. Yes, James Lebowski. Yeah. We got Sally iPhone Mia from San Diego. I'll be seeing her soon. Let's see. Uh, I think that's about it. No, there's a little more. Hold on. I think that's it. Hey, thanks, everybody. Nice meeting. Yes. Uh, set off upon your little plans and little designs for today. <laughs> My plans are very little. And designs are very little. But no one should stop me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you. Thank you, Paul. Everything's on zenbitchslap.com under events. All the Zooms, I don't think any passwords. Just come on when you want to come over. All right. See you Saturday live. We'll have the Zoom also, one o'clock from Palm Springs. I'm vacationing yes. with the, with the <laughs> elite. Great. Thanks, Paul.